Base Camp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. I have been extremely fortunate my whole life, really, to continually have people around me who inspire me and live from their deepest purpose. In fact, it seems the only people in my inner circle these days are these mission-driven, courageous people, both men and women. When I was young, I only had one or two people who carried this torch for me, and I think this is true for many of us. One person showed us some gnosis or inner truth that would be the spark for the flame that we would create and honor. My inner circle has changed drastically the past two years, as destiny would have it. As I grew in my awareness and inner knowing, so my constellation changed. Gone is the old Tony and his old group of friends, to be replaced by, you guessed it, a new version of myself. This is something that we've talked about on many, many episodes here at Basecamp for Men. Your hero's journey is molding you for the next chapters of your story and our story and your role in it. I can feel the mythic dimensions of what is happening speaking to me, and I long to do episodes with myth front and center. I think you all know how much I love doing these episodes. They're some of my favorite. There's just one problem. I don't know what the mythic dimension wants from me right now. If you saw all the books around me with myth broadly as the theme, you would chuckle. I can't yet find the next through line, but I will. Today, I have the great pleasure of doing an episode with a courageous woman that I know, a badass and hero whom I have a great deal of respect for. We talk about navigating the minefield of the mainstream media narrative and how we can all flex our sovereignty in the area of health, no matter what our choices have been up till now. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. My guest today is naturopathic doctor Jeanette Deniels. Jeanette is a healer, teacher, and one of those people that positively impacts the people that come to her for insights and resources. She says in her bio, quote, there are times in which, as a naturopathic physician, I am confronted by the system's resistance, but I have hope nonetheless as I can see an awakening in the general populace for deeper, meaningful healing. It inspires me to continue to show up and do the work that I know we are all here to do, and that is to grow and be the best versions of ourselves, both physically and spiritually, unquote. Here's my interview with Dr. Jeanette Deniels. Okay, I am here with Jeanette Deniels, naturopathic doctor, friend of the show, mystic teacher. Jeanette, welcome, Dr. D, to the show. It is great to have you on Basecamp for Men. Oh, thank you so much, Tony. I'm so honored to be here today and share space with you and, and all the people that follow you and love you. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been really looking forward to having the conversation. You and I were kicking the tires on doing a show uh, last year, and then we got to actually fulfill on it uh, tonight. And, you know, we've been talking about all kinds of stuff. The show's really, this episode will be about health and how people can find resources. There's a there's a bit of buyer's remorse on the vaccinations in the air right now. And I know you, you see a lot of patients and I, so I, I can't wait to speak with you a little bit about what you're seeing and what some of your thoughts are on how people can optimize for health right now. Cause I think it's, it's front and center right now. A lot of people are, are looking for things. Um, they're probably um, prioritizing health maybe more than they've ever have. And they're looking for resources um, like the work that you're doing. So I'm, I'm super excited to, to sort of co-create this with you. But I thought a, a really good way to start, you know, we talk a lot about the hero's journey on the show. Um, I'm, I'm really fascinated with that kind of myth and how people, you know, are, are come through the different chapters of their lives in our test. And I'm, I just, I'm so curious about your, your backstory and your, your hero's journey a bit, because I know you came from not necessarily a, a smooth transition into being a naturopathic doctor, right? Like when you were younger, there was probably no uh, prediction that that would, that would happen. But I mean, I guess, how did you end up getting interested in health, helping people? Like, where did that come from? Uh, and what were maybe, maybe two or three of the, the big things that, that kind of turned you towards the career that you have? Because you helped so many people in such a great way. And, um, and how did that kind of occur? I know it's probably a big question to start off with, but I like to get a little bit of a backstory on, you know, how did you arrive at this person that people really um, seek out their, your advice and your insight and wisdom on, you know, what should I do because I'm experiencing X in my health? Yes, yes. I definitely came from an adverse background. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I was uh, one of seven children eventually, uh, but there were 
five of us that grew up together in the projects in Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister and I, we actually uh, moved in with my dad uh, when we were five years old. So my parents had split up and my mom gave us to him. And it was a bumpy road there because the woman he was with was pretty abusive. And mm -hmm. my mother was a heroin addict and, uh, and a prostitute. So <laughs> the that story... Is a, that is not a normal upbringing. <laughs> 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 there, there was quite a bit of stress. And, and so um, there was a lot of apathy mm -hmm. in in, in my life around me and a lot of ill health, as you can imagine in sure. the projects and not having access to really good food and just really the poverty, um, poverty of spirit and, and poverty of, you know, financial poverty. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, at about 12, I felt like I wanted to be more and have more and, and, and just sort of break free of the familial traumas that were passed down generation to generation, you know, that ancestry uh, trauma that seems to stick and follow us, you know? And Absolutely. so, yeah. yeah. So I decided that I, I was going to go for it and I was going to be somebody opposite, mm. you know, of what I had seen growing up. And so, I mean, I quite literally was like, okay, so this is how people eat in the projects. Eh, so and 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 people aren't educated and and people don't really even care about education because it's about survival mode and i really wanted to thrive mm -hmm. um and i also found the value in being a smart intelligent person and also sharing yourself with others in the skill set or in the passions that you have inherently and so i felt to me, and it might be a little bit selfish that that would bring love into my life to, to give to others. Mm -hmm. And, um, in part, because I, I don't feel that as a child, I was loved very much. Mm -hmm. And so it was a mission for me to love and be loved. And so, you know, fast forwarding many, many years later, I actually am still having to pinch myself that I'm a doctor because I was not groomed for that. And uh, education was very difficult for me because I grew up in fight flight, you know, the sympathetic yeah. tone. Yeah. And uh, it was hard. Uh, medical school almost killed me. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I, I really sometimes have to remind myself that I'm worthy of this, mm -hmm. of this, of this work, you know. And so I feel I'm still on a hero's journey to validate myself as both a healer and a person worthy of love and all great things, which I think everyone who's listening to your podcast will, will feel the same and align with that. And that's why we all find each other in these same places, right? Because we all want to grow spiritually and, and, and heal each other. So, so that's sort of my mission in life is to, to come together. You're, we're all one. I am you, you are me. We're all one. And really the whole end game is to, to spiritually evolve. And I think that that's what was missing in the last two years, uh, was intercepted by fear. And yeah. I think it set us back a few steps and I think we're ready to take a few steps forward in 2022. Absolutely. I mean, what did, did you, were you on the pulse of the whole narrative as it was unfolding? I mean, I know we, you know, my wife and I, we were kind of calling it out really early. It just seemed like such an obvious social engineering ploy. And, you know, we didn't, we never really trusted what Dr. Fauci was saying. You know, we were just like, why are they, you know, why are people believing all of this? And it was really shocking for us to see the level of buy-in from the public. You know, I thought there was going to be back, you know, as it was unfolding, I thought there would be a lot more resistance to the messaging. And what I saw in Seattle being a very liberal area was complete like alignment. And if you were questioning, you were dangerous. And it was it was really weird for me and and my inner circle because it was like do we leave? Like I don't know how it was for you because you're you're in an in some ways like 
I can get through life. I do the podcast about whatever I want to. You have, you face the public with a lot of different people of different political orientations. So how you deliver the truth, I would imagine through COVID needed to be, it needed to be maybe um, finessed a little bit. I mean, I don't know how it was for you. And, you know, you you probably saw a lot of things that you wanted to call out, but maybe you couldn't speak to your patients that way because you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to upset them. I'm not, I don't want to give them a giant red pill in their 30 minute session with me. Right. But I mean, how did you, how did you navigate that? Because I imagine there was a lot of stuff that was coming out where you were like, I can't believe that they're selling this and people are buying it. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And because I, I work for a clinic that is not my own, yeah. I really did have to tread lightly on the message that I was trying to relay. And it got really tricky because, you know, as a naturopathic doctor, we we were we do draw people in who really take ownership and empower their wellness from from themselves. You know, they're not necessarily outsourcing their well-being to big pharma. And so I'm lucky enough to have part of the clientele, part part of the patient population uh, seeing through, uh, I guess, the false narrative, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the other half, uh, which were the ones that you really do have to be careful with, because if you were saying something that went against their Mm -hmm. belief system. And I do call it a belief system because, you know, we're talking about mass media repeating the same thing over and over again, a hundred times a day, you're hearing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. so it gets stuck on this feedback loop in your brain and it creates sort of what I would call a religion, you know, the religion of COVID. And, and, And how will you be saved? It's not like go to church and pay tithing. It's, wear your mask and, and take a shot and don't socialize and don't be near each other. And uh, to, to debunk anything that any doctors were saying um, was really tricky for me to contend with that group overall. Mm-hmm. So if it had been my own business, you know, I would have been able to have the freedom to say a little bit more, but sure. it's, the way that I looked at it for the the last two years, you had to um, what I called, you know, do the optics, right? Yeah, so yeah, you're going to yeah. wear your mask yeah. and you know, you're going to, you're going to boost people's immune system to the best of your ability without, uh, basically stating your opinion on things. Right. So it was an optics game times yep. two. Years. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And you know, it's, I don't know what you're seeing. I'm, I'm starting to see, a little bit of buyer's remorse on the vaccinations. In other words, I think people that, you know, it started, uh, I think the mainstream media sold this idea like, you're an idiot if you don't get vaccinated. And this is going to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. In other words, if you don't get the shot, you guys are all going to be dead. The only people alive and standing strong are going to be the ones that took the vaccinations. Well, fast forward, you know, another year, another year and a half. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Not only did that not happen, it seems like the unvaccinated may have a better, you know, they got natural immunity. Clearly the vaccinations, I know people that are triple boosted and they still get it. It's like, so it didn't stop it. And and when I talk to people, you know, I, I try to be a little bit like you. I sometimes try to be kind of subtle about just like, well, hey, that's weird. You, you, do you know a lot of people that have gotten Omicron that are fully vaccinated? And the answer is always like, yeah, yeah. My whole company had to be vaccinated to keep their jobs and a whole bunch every week there's somebody that's out with COVID. And I'm like, well, that's weird because I thought the vaccines were supposed to prevent that. Yeah, no, they didn't. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we're in agreement that they didn't stop the, they didn't stop you from getting it. So, you know, this kind of whole division of like, you made the smart choice and it started to like really chip away. And I can see, there's kind of a cognitive dissonance because there's an ego kind of attachment to like, I made the informed choice. I trust the science and the science said, get the vaccination. Now I'm starting to go, oh my God, I'm seeing, I have to be an idiot to say that the vaccinations make any difference because I ended up getting it. This person got it. My whole you know team at work got it and we're all vaccinated, but there's not, they won't go one more step and say, maybe it was a mistake. That's like, 
that's like too close to like the ego is just like, don't go down that road because then your crazy cousin who's been telling you, you know, all about transhumanism and the vaccines or humma, 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 that person might be right. And that person I don't really trust because they spout off all kinds of stuff. Right. And so there's this kind of weird, um, it's kind of, it could be a come Jesus moment for a particular group, but I see also this kind of well, you know, I don't want to go that far. I don't want to admit that maybe this was a mistake, but I can kind of pick up on it and how they're languaging things. I don't know if what you're seeing in the in your patients that are that are have taken the jab versus not are you know, are we starting to see more health issues? It was weird on Telegram. I was seeing for a while there, I was seeing all these healthy soccer players that were collapsing from, you know, heart like myocarditis and or blood clots. There was some weird stuff where you're like well, you know, that's like the seventh video of a soccer player who's 25 years old collapsing during a game. That's not something you see every day that must be related to this. Um, but again, you're not seeing anything on the mainstream media. I guess I just wanted to get your take. Like, are you starting to see pe- patients that are going, I'm having this going on, it may be connected to this? Are you seeing some of the same kind of things or is it not that specific? I was just guess, curious as a naturopathic doctor, what's what's coming your way and are you seeing patterns, I guess? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, there's definitely an uptick in need of nutritional IV therapy, particularly after the first of the two injections. Mm. And, you know, I've seen anything from uh, just extraordinary fatigue to uh, nervous system complications, uh, Bell's palsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one of my patients went blind in his left eye 15 minutes after the injection. He was actually in the hospital for that one, and they ha- I know that they, they gave him steroids, but that that didn't help, and so you know he remained blind in that eye. Um, and then you know, of course, you've got the strange. Uh, this may not be well known, but people are actually feeling like they're not themselves ever since. This is like a yeah. really common thing to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we're doing a lot of um, what I call damage control. So, as a naturopath, and I especially believe this after the last two years, that what naturopath, what naturopathic medicine is really. <laughs> Their mission is damage control by yeah. side effects from big pharma. And yep. a lot of people would rip my head off for saying so. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, I don't see why anybody would want to rip anybody's head off about that. But they will because we're all trained by media to kind of bite to bite that, mm-hmm. you know, narratives head off, right? Totally. Um, so, so we're talking side effects, not just from big pharma's pills, but also their injections. and. We're seeing chronic, you know, autoimmune flares go crazy right now. And um, that's the other thing. You know, you've got somebody who's got ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or arthritis. Everything is flaring because mm-hmm. of the cytokine storm, the spike protein adhesion to all the mucosa, to all the cells. Uh, and this is triggering your immune system to be hyperbolic, what I call kind of like your immune system's PTSD'd out. Mm. And um, so it's a matter of mitigating side effects from synthetic drugs, aka yep. big big pharma's pills, which they'll willingly tell you may cause da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And there's like yep. a list of a hundred but they won't say that about the vaccines, which I think is really curious. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've, I've saw that the Epoch Times uh, or the Epoch Times, they, they put out a, a, a study, some Swedish doctors said that there's, they're doing a study and they're finding that the, the Pfizer uh, shot is changing the DNA in the liver. And, you know, the, the, the Epoch Times, they don't, they're, they're not really, they're a totally legit mainstream newspaper. So it's, everything's going to be really data. You know, they're not going to get carried away. They're not going to start all of a sudden talking about transhumanism or anything like that on that story. They just said, Hey, Swedish doctors are doing a bunch of research. 
And I was reading that and going, I wonder what that means though. You know, like I, I, I almost need some doctor to interpret, you know, we heard the whole time that this was an experimental, even the Dr. Malone and stuff said, who is the inventor of the MRNA um, uh, mm-hmm. technology said, it's a mm-hmm. gene therapy. It, it's supposed to alter the DNA. It's not a vaccine. It's a gene altering, uh, uh, you know, substance. And so it seems like they're just confirming that, but I guess I don't understand, you know, I can, I can read a bunch of stuff and go down the rabbit hole of what it means, but just looking at that story in the paper going, but what are, what are people, what are normies or what are, what are people that are just reading it? What are they pulling from that? Because they were like, well, I already, they already said it was a gene therapy, whatever that means. I don't think people really are getting their heads around what it could possibly mean. I'm, I'm filled with mm-hmm. more questions. They've, they've given me the, the, the conspiracy, you know, the, some of those stuff gives you the answer to that leaning towards transhumanism, but I don't know you know, I don't know what the what the Swedish doctors are implying with it, other than it seems like it's changing your DNA. But it's like, but what does that mean exactly? It's changing what about it, and what does that mean? Does it mean something for me? Does it mean something for my children if I've taken it? Or you know, I guess I guess I wanted to get your thoughts because I was left with more questions than answers when I saw that that study in the paper. For sure, yes, and I, and I did read that article in the Epoch Times about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you've got going on is what's known as a reverse transcription. So this is where DNA is made from RNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the CDC says the genetic material delivered by the messenger RNA vaccines never enter the nucleus of the cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're trying to save their butts on that, but. Uh, we know that it's able to go across cell membranes. And the problem with that is that you will have uh, your DNA is going to receive instructions to do what? You know, there's mm-hmm. no transparency here. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest problem that I have with forcing injections when you're not transparent about what it is. You know, yeah. I, I read labels on, on, on my food before I even buy it and ingest it. So if yeah. you want me to take something, you need to tell me what the ingredients are for one, and then I can research that and look it up and make an educated and thoughtful decision for myself uh, without being coerced or blackmailed into taking something or I'm going to not be able to participate in society. So the problem right. with this whole DNA manipulation, A, not knowing what the long-term effects are and actually what the goal of that is, mm-hmm. but if you're, you know, injecting something that affects your original DNA makeup, you know, there's thoughts that this could make you sort of a genetically modified human being. And in that case, because you're genetically modified, you're patentable and then you can be owned. And so then you lose your God-given, whoever your God is, Mm -hmm. rights as a human being. And so this is what the fear is out there that this could be one of the end goals, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's, 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 it's funny. It's like, you gotta, you have one foot in the, in the, futuristic weird dystopian you know I and mean, we can see there, there there's a metaverse now which is like i mean there's just so many weird you know surreal developments happening around this um and then i you know i see some weird stuff about they, they're saying you know there's graphene oxide which is just really you know this really amazing uh, uh material um, it, it's like the shape-shifting material and it's a transducer of, you know, electrochemical signaling and stuff like that. There's all these different qualities. I don't really know all of that for sure, but I never, I wanted to get your thoughts on that because, you know, I see some, some wild videos and I'm like, is that legit though? You know how sometimes you're like, is that real? Or is that just somebody putting up some crazy shit on the internet? Um, telling us that, that they're injecting all this black goo, you know, and, but they, you know, the, 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 the pharmaceutical companies, they never really did. There was no um, uh, informed consent. They never really did tell people what was in it. Right. They just said, trust right. us, we're the good guys here, take this. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You're not even, you're not even sharing, 
if this is a new mRNA technology, can we, can you share with us exactly what you're doing? Like, what does it do and what's in it? So we can look at the ingredients and we can talk to inform people and inform physicians and, and doctors so that we know. And it, that was just like, no, yeah, that's, this is, that's not what this is about. But I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on the graphene oxide. Cause I'm, I don't know about you. I've clicked on some stuff where I'm like, is that really what's going on inside people right now that have taken this? I, I hope not, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just just to back up just a little bit on, you know, being transparent about what somebody's ingesting, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, and, and, and knowing it's a, you know, an experimental drug, you mm-hmm. know, invades all the rights of the Nuremberg Code. And, and you cannot force people to be a part of an experiment. Right. So this is the thing that I want to make sure to point out is that it's illegal what is happening. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, so we know there's some messenger, messenger RNA in this, in these vaccinations. And I use that term loosely, vaccinations. Yep. Uh, <laughs> air quotes, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and then, of course, the, the famous spike proteins. Uh, as far as... The graphene oxide goes, uh, what we are hearing is that it alters electromagnetic fields. Mm-hmm. And so th- this gets into the sci-fi sort of conversation where, you know, when I try to look up ingredients in these vaccinations, I don't see graphene oxide in there, but they're not going to list it in any paperwork that I could access online, right? Because there's right. so much uh, censoring going on. So what we're left with as naturopathic doctors is to work with and manage the things that we know are in there, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's the GP120 that's starting to be discussed, which is something that is part of the HIV virus, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, the HIV glycoprotein which is essential for viral replication. And so people who have been injected are testing positive for HIV because of this glycoprotein 120. So the question is now, do people get sick with HIV? Well, no, not necessarily because it's just one component of that disease state. Yeah, I saw, I saw it was some doctor in a lab and I got, it was a while back and they were t- taking a look at a vial sample. I don't know if it was the vaccine itself or a blood sample of a vaccinated, but there was like, they were, it, there was, it was a lot of crazy graphene oxide, you know, movement and stuff. And the doctor was commenting on it, but I don't, I had no way of knowing how legit that particular footage mm-hmm. was right. Like I can't, I wasn't in the lab. I don't know who the, you know, the person's got all these credentials, but I'm like, ah, you know, that's, if you're a journalist, you can't, say that that's what's going on without double checking who the person is and exactly, you know, uh, and making sure you're, you're testing your, your, the data is good, you know? So I, but I did see a couple of things like that and I was like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what's going on with that. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's say, let's say there's a big group that has, that, you know, that's taken the shot and now for whatever reason, like, let's just say, I think there's going to be a big group that's not, you know, I have people that I'm related to that took the vaccine, the first two, and they're not getting the booster. They're not interested. They're like, nope, nope. I thought this was going to be, uh, you know, I did this because I thought if we all did this and we got herd immunity, we could all go back to traveling, not wearing masks. The kids could go back to school without like, and they just didn't do any of that stuff. The vaccines didn't stop. What was the spread of it, the transmission of it? They seem to have lied about a lot of stuff. And so I'm not interested in in doing it again, right? And the other part of that is I'm seeing a lot of people going, I need to get my health in order. Like one of the things, it's not just the vaccinated. I think everybody right now, the health, health is front and center. And I guess I wanted to ask you like, what, you know, other than coming into, not everybody is going to be listening, is fr- listening from Seattle. So they can't just come to the tummy temple and make a, you know, make an appointment and, 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 but they, people have naturopathic doctors wherever they're at which is one thing I'm going to talk about on the outro, but I guess like what is a great way for people maybe that have had, 
you know, they don't feel like quite themselves to your point earlier. Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. a good way, what's a good way for them other than just, just an intention of like, I want to make this year about getting my health back in order because maybe some of the podcasts I'm listening to, or maybe my husband who's starting to say, Hey, you know, I, you know, I don't feel quite right. I don't, uh, you know, I've been not feeling so great since I taken the vaccine, or maybe they're just, you just want to get your health in order because it's in the air right now. There's a conversations like this happening all over the place. What's a good way to start? Like, what's a good way to even detox from something that maybe you're like, I don't know if that was so good for me in retrospect. How do I start to restore foundational health and get my, my chi back or my strength back and start to feel more like my old self? Because, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to have maybe buyer's remorse, but I don't want to leave them with you screwed up. And that's just the way that goes. There's always a, there's always another chapter of the hero's journey. So what's a good what's a good path for people to follow back to, you know, I feel better now, you know, five years from now. Sure. Sure. I, I think the most important thing for people to remember mm-hmm. and to reown is that their body is the most complex, intelligent machine ever created. Mm, I love that. that being said, we have to stop outsourcing our health to big pharma. Mm -hmm. Now there's a time and a place if I'm getting a tooth pulled or (laughs) (laughs) give me the pain med. Totally. (laughs) As far as this fear factor that has been really the true contagion, in my opinion, in the last two years, we need to move into at least the frequency of courage. Yes. And remember this amazing, intelligent, immune system has been supporting us for how many years have you been here? Yeah. How many years have you been ingesting staph strep, yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the coronaviruses that exist totally. uh, and it's killing cancer cells by the second. Your heart beats while you're sleeping. You breathe without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that our human system all of the systems of the human body are way smarter than some guy in a lab. Yeah. Okay. So, so take that and run with that and be confident that even if you had one injection, two injections, the Mm -hmm. booster or Mm -hmm. had none, your body is smarter than the lab. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm so glad you said that because that's, that's something that's like, we forget, you know, we can forget we we've outsourced so much. Um, and you really saw that when the mask mandates came down. Now, it wasn't like that all over the country. I, I joke with some people and, and I tell them, you know, the COVID's basically been over for a year in 46 other you know, <laughs> states. I'm like, yeah, people come people come to Seattle and go, what in the hell is going on here? Why? What are you guys doing? I'm like, don't ask. It's a sore subject. I go, it's just, we just live in a really corrupt, it's really extreme. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts. You know, to me, there is a, extreme like social engineering experiment with the with the masks and i was telling somebody they're like okay so the governor inslee has you know we're going off of mask mandates you know whatever um and i was asking somebody i said how what do you think the percentage of people that are actually going to take the masks off and you know we're like going we're going you know 50 50 and i go isn't that astounding like probably around half are not going to take them off. And I have relatives, Jeanette, that's like, they're young. Like my, mm-hmm. I, have, I have a niece that's like 20 years old or 21 and she wears two masks. She's terrified. Now I don't, I don't know. It's caused kind of like a, a mental illness. Sure. And maybe she's like a hypochondriac and we never knew it or whatever. Like, I don't think she's ever going to take the mask off no matter what, like, like it doesn't matter who tells her it's okay. Or she's got a 99.6% chance of survival. She has got no comorbidities under the, uh, other than this intense fear that she's going to get it. And she's not the only one. And, and I see these poor little tykes that are three, four years old at green Lake and they're all masked up. And I'm just like, Oh my God, it to me is so tragic to do that to those little ones because they're forming so many things about the world and the body language means so much. And they, they learn so much from faces 
and that you've covered their faces up, their friends' faces up, the, the teachers' faces up. And to me, that's the, that's the kind of, I, it's going to take a long time to move out. I think it's good. We're going to see the impact of that for the rest of our lives in this generation that's coming up. And it just, it's to me, I'm just like, God, I just, it, it's so tragic. The, the vaccines aside, the mass thing is just to me in some ways more infuriating and just, it just makes me angry that, that, that got, that, that got adopted by so many people here in this state and that um, the little ones that didn't have any choice, then they just like, we're going to do this. This is for your own good. And then I just think that it leaves this residue of like, I got to be afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like people are terrifying. They could be carrying some rare disease is what it tells them. And it's, it's so untrue and it's so distorted. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what your thoughts on that. I just, uh, I like to riff about the mask because it just pisses me off that we're, you know, and I'm just, I live here. This has been my home for a long time. And, you know, it, it become, it became during COVID, I just realized, wow, I am, I am in the belly of the beast in, in sure. many, many ways here. And I'm a freedom lover and a libertarian, and I don't believe in this stuff. I'm a constitutionalist and I know what my constitutional rights are. And it just makes me mad to force little ones that have no choice in the matter to, you know, mask up, not paying attention at all to what that could mean for them long-term. Right. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, in my opinion, child abuse. Uh, yeah. these, children are afraid of their own breath mm-hmm. and it makes me sad and yep. they will have difficulty socializing and you know there's a social quotient here that's being affected mm-hmm. not to mention uh even just the physical part is saying you know in order for you to be safe in the world you have to do this right. you know and Back when this all started two years ago and they recommended wearing a mask. And of course, I think the hat, you know, thought about the handmaid's tale. And I thought we're in trouble here because all this is, is them wanting us to comply and acquiesce to our own enslavement. And I said, if we do not come out of these masks now and say, no, we're going to head down the road into some worsening. Yep. freedom, uh, you know, grabs here. So the masks is where it started. I remember saying that to uh, the owner at at my work and um, she said, you know, I told her, I said, we have to, we have to be very mindful about what we're doing and what we're saying and how we're fighting, fighting Mm -hmm. for and, or against masks right now, because this represents a, a, a freedom grab. And it is totally symbolic. It is saying you're going to shut up. (laughs) You're not going to have an opinion. Yeah. You're not even allowed to emote and, and we'll let you out of the muzzle when it, when it's time. And when we say it's time. And in fact, we're going to have you wear it only when you're on the plane, but you know, you can actually take it off when you're on the plane and then you can wear it in the restaurant. But when you sit to eat, you could take it off. It's not science. So here's the problem. Yeah. People will identify politicians as scientists. They'll identify Bill Gates as a scientist. They're identifying science as if it's some sort of salvation or God. And as long as you call it science, which by the way, I no longer like the word science. Yeah. As long as you call it science, it's justified. Um, you know, but clinically speaking, if you have somebody who's passing out from wearing the mask, which is yeah. in real time science, in my opinion, yep. <laughs> uh, that's not valid because it wasn't, you know, validated by the news or, or media at large. Yeah. So yeah, the masks is, is definitely in my in my viewpoint, where we went wrong from the very beginning yep. was allowing the mask because what that told the powers that be, mm-hmm. oh, they're listening, they're mm-hmm. complying. Let's move to Plan B. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was, I was alarmed from the beginning, just like you, about the whole mask thing, and I was, 
digging into the constitution. I was having a lot of conversations with libertarians and people that were just, look, it's not, it's a mandate is not a law. You know, it's like way down here. Like I really got educated and like you, it, it freaked me out because I'm like, if you start giving away your freedom to choose whether you want to wear a mask, choose what you put in your body, if they, you're going to surrender that, uh, you're going to have a hard time getting those back. Like if we don't, if the resistance doesn't put up a fight on this stuff, um, if, if the, if intelligent, creative, uh, heart centered people that understand what their freedoms are and what their sovereignty is, if you don't stand up and make yourself known and, and find the tribe that's going to bang the drum and say, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not doing it you're going to lose that. And, and your children and the children's children and all those are going to grow up going, why didn't you guys fight? They put you in masks and you didn't raise a peep, right? I don't, I never wanted to be that person that was like, you know, that would have, you know, my unborn grandson go, grandpa, why didn't you fight this? They were closing down and you knew it. You and your friends knew what was happening. You, you, did you fight? Did you speak your truth? Did you make podcasts about it? Did you, did you rabble rouse? Did you go down with signs? You know, and if my answer was I didn't, I, I could never look myself in the mirror. I could not have dignity, which is why, you know, we do these and we show up at these little marches and and all this stuff because it's like it matters. Like who we're going to be matters. And this is a big test, a big spiritual test. And I think, you know, I think we're turning a corner. We got the truckers in action. Uh, people are, uh, you know, libertarians and people just love freedom and freedom of choice of all different sorts are finding each other. And we're starting to make a lot of noise. And it, to me, it's, it's giving me a lot of optimism and I can see the, the momentum changing. And so I'm, I feel super grateful and I'm like, I'm in a really good spiritual space. Cause I feel like we're rising to the, our, my tribe is rising to the occasion. I know there's a lot of mainstream media that's saying, Oh, you know, you guys are da, 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 da. But I, I see the counter narrative in living colors and I'm like, they we're, we're, we're winning this. I know people can say, well, how are we winning it? But I see it in a thousand different ways in a thousand different conversations and including like my interactions with you and, and your friend Janelle and all, all the people that I talk to, um, there's, there's definitely, uh, uh, winded our sales right now. I don't know if you're picking up on the same thing, but I'm feeling like, no, 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 we're, it's turning a corner in our favor. And by our favor, I mean, we, the people, uh, I don't know sure. if you're saying the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely see, uh, an uptick of awareness mm-hmm. about what's going on. And, you know, I think in large part, because people were sold the notion that if they took this shot or shots, plural, that it would afford them uh, freedoms and also protection from from this, you know, virus. And it's not the case. They're still having to mask. Uh, They are still getting sick with, you know, multiple variants. Mm -hmm. And so there is no real payoff in their mind for having done it. And that's what, you know, we talked about with the buyer's remorse. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, what's waking people up. They're like, wait a minute. I did all the things you asked me to do. I stayed home for two weeks. Now make that almost two years. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) I lost my job. I lost my sanity. I got a drinking problem. Now I've got a Netflix and pizza problem. I've got to lose 20 pounds for. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I can't, I haven't been able to visit so-and-so, right. um, you know, and I wore two and three masks and I'm doing two and three shots and it didn't make any difference. And, and yeah. So, so this is what wakes people up. If mm-hmm. they weren't aware of the lies from the beginning, I mean, you know, like they say, the truth always comes out. Mm-hmm. So a sociopath or at the minimum, a a narcissist, Mm -hmm. their cover is always going to be blown when they are trying to manipulate the masses because they're going to compete against each other and amongst each other. They're going to step, they're going to blow each other's covers. And and so a lot of what you see too is, is that they're kind of, messing each other's narratives up you know you've got the cdc saying oh well yeah no we don't need to wear masks those don't really do anything and then Fauci's like 
no, we need to wear two and three and you maybe should wear, you know, wrap yeah. your body in saran wrap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the authority. No, I'm the authority. I'm the sociopath right, so that's in charge. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep. So that's... people are definitely sniffing around. Something's not right here. And, yeah. uh, you know, so so hopefully that we keep on that, you know, momentum. Absolutely. Because you know, I, I don't want to see that plan C go into effect, right? No, no, not at all. Not at all. No. And I, I just, I don't know. I got a really good feeling about 2022, 2020. I just think it's, I think we're getting momentum. I'm really excited about it. I know maybe that's a little bit hokey or whatever, but I just feel, I feel like the big struggle, at least for the people that I'm around is kind of in a, the rearview mirror a little bit. There's still going to be challenges and there's still going to be like, oh my God, what what's happening now in the world? And what does that mean for everything? But um, I just feel like there's the, the we've got the sail at our, we got the wind at our sails a little bit right now. And so I'm just like, what's, what, what good thing is going to happen right now? Who's going to wake up? Uh, it seems like more and more people are starting to come to an understanding of, of the dynamics of what has just happened in a more clear way. Um, you know, you do, or you're doing something really interesting. Um, you're doing hand analysis and when I, when you first said that, I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting thing. Like, I love when people take something that's kind of esoteric and then find a lot of really cool applications for it. Cause, cause I wouldn't think that that would be, you know, a, a course of study. You know, I'm into all kinds of stuff. I, I take the rabbit hole and I, I love seeing patterns. I love tying synthesizing, you know, truth from one thing. I like seeing patterns and applying it to something else and working with layers and all that. The, the, the hand analysis stuff, like kind of like the, there used to be something that was kind of in and around the health community, which was, uh, was it like I, they used to do like iris kind of reading, right? Or something like that. Or iridology. Iridology, yeah. It kind of existed over there. It's kind of like, well, I don't really have the bandwidth to explore every single like esoteric modality, but you've taken hand analysis and you were, uh, when we had an initial conversation before we recorded a couple weeks ago, you were like, oh, I'm doing this hand analysis. It's so cool and you can read so much. And I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about it because you're doing a whole bunch of readings and you're you're kind of gathering data. So you're, you're getting people set up and doing readings for them. But I was just shocked at how much you can tell by people's health and maybe their spiritual well-being by the by what their hand and what, what a hand analysis says. And that, and correct me if I'm wrong, from what I heard and read a little bit, that it changes over time. It's not a static thing. Like I think of my hand as like, well, if you did my read my hand, if you did an analysis of my hand, and then you did one 10 years later, you're going to see the same thing because it's still my hand. Like I don't get that it's it would evolve or it would show you different things. But I, from what I read and kind of talking to you a little bit before, um, that it's kind of like a dynamic kind of reading, which I thought was like, huh, that's that's crazy in its sophistication and depth. I would have never guessed that, but I'll give you a chance just to talk about what you're learning from it, how you're applying some of the techniques. And then if people want to get a reading, do they have to be in Seattle? Can they do it digitally? If there's somebody's in New York or California, they're like, Oh, that sounds really cool. I'd like to participate in her, her, you know, you have to get a hundred or whatever it is for your schooling. But I thought that uh, I'd give you a chance to answer some of those questions. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for plugging that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I first heard about hand analysis through Elena Bensonhoff and her husband, Alejandro Fernandez, and they do frequency readings via scalar technology. And a part of the group, a bunch of people, I guess, had asked, hey, could you could you do a frequency reading on this modality called hand analysis? And so they ended up having Brent Brunning, who is a master hand analysis and come on the show and then do his frequency reading. And what is the frequency reading of hand analysis? So this is how I first discovered it. Uh, and so the short of the long is that the nervous system downloads starting in your, in the womb, basically around seven weeks, you start downloading your environment mm. Your nervous system is being developed and it creates the fingerprints. It creates the shape and the size of the hands. It creates all the different lines. And this continues to uh, create 
some diversity based on your environment. So each and every person's hands vary, obviously, in fingerprints. But what you find is that people who have similar hands have had similar lives. Really? Yes. Like Mm. I can look at a patient's hand and, and, and I've been doing it a lot at work while I'm, you know, giving them a massage or colonic or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I'm looking and I'm like, Oh, wow. So, so you have, you know, an air fire hand. And so, you know, and here's your heart line and here's your headline and this is your lifeline. And and, and this is what you've gone through. And, oh, wow, I see that you had an abusive childhood. They're like, well, how did you know that? Well, it shows mm. up in your, fin- in your hands because <laughs> your, your nervous system is electricity. And so it has to have some outlet, right? That charge has to go somewhere and it, and it basically will show up in the hands. And I'm guessing the feet, though, we haven't studied the feet. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the hands have been studied in that way to understand yourself. And this was going on back in the Egyptian days. They were the first ones to start studying it. And then the Greeks really picked it up and took off with them. But I can tell in the hands what someone's life purpose is, what their challenges are, how they emotionally express themselves. Really? Uh, Sure. Absolutely. I can tell you, I can actually even tell you a lot about the hero's journey through the, looking at the hands, you can see the trauma, uh, the struggles and where their insecurities are. All Mm. of this is downloaded by the nervous system. I joke that I can pretty much tell you in two hours about your hand, (laughs) you know, um, instead of your therapist, right. And who's going to take two years maybe to get to the roots. And I'm like, Oh no, here. Da, 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 da. Wow. <laughs> that is so cool. Sounding. I can't wait to do it. Um, and it's crazy to me. I mean, can you, so everything you said about it, it's super fascinating to me. I mean, I still, I still get blown away when I think about just that everybody's fingerprint is individual. That still kind of mm-hmm. blows my mind. I'm like, God, that's just amazing. Right. Like yeah. I'm still like astounded by the variety of, the human experience and how we're all just so unique. Um, but can you tell like health stuff uh, that they may need to, I don't know, I don't want to say watch out for, but like, mm-hmm. so everything, everything you said was kind of like, I can tell you had a childhood that was X and maybe, you know, you've had, you've struggled with addiction and this, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you can see in the analysis, can you see kind of like, Hey, you might want to, you know, some health issue or is that too specific? And it's not, it's not really meant to be read quite like that. I guess that's one of my questions. Right? Can you you head off, can you head off a health warning reading in the hand so that it doesn't show up full blown 10 years from now on another hand reading where you're like, Oh yeah, that's what I saw a little bit of way back when. And now here it is in full bloom. You didn't, you didn't, you know, quit drinking or whatever the case may be, right? <laughs> I mean, I, is it, could it be read that, that way or is that too, I don't know, too literal or too, you know, right? I don't know. You know what I'm getting at. Uh, you know, it's, it's the palm readers will often do that, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, with hand analysis, you can get a little bit of information about health by looking at the lifeline. It doesn't tell me how long someone's going to live, but it will mm-hmm. tell me If there is one of two things, it'll tell me how grounded you are in your life Mm -hmm. and, and, or it'll tell me if there's a health issue that's going to be coming up, but it's not going to tell me what that health issue is. Okay. It can tell me as well, if you've had a health issue, I'll actually see a little bubble within the lifeline. It'll bleb. It'll bleb. Yeah. That's crazy. So I mean, the, yeah, the go point, ahead. The point of the hand analysis is to know thyself. I believe that when we're contending with physical health issues, if we don't address who the person is, their life purpose, their struggles in life, or their life lessons, we're never going to break through to the physical dis-ease unless we look at that. And so as a doctor, it's going to be my intake form. I'm going to look at your hands. 
I'm going to be able to tell you based on the highest frequency fingerprints you have on your hands, what is your life calling? And then the less, you know, dynamic fingerprints are your life lessons. And so looking at that, I think half of the battle for humanity's joy in life is not knowing what their life purpose is. And when we're not in our purpose, I feel that's where disease takes hold. I, I'm glad you said that because it's been a foundation of the show and it's a foundation of men's personal development work really is that um, if you don't have a clear core purpose, it's connected to something that is inspiring, something bigger than yourself, something that's connected to the, the divine, if you can, that it's going to be a big empty spot. You're never, you're, you're always going to be sort of half looking for it or, or covering up with behaviors to the, the truth that you don't have the mission that you came here for and to define. And so, I mean, I, I can't speak enough of having a clear mission, life's purpose and mission. And no matter what your age is, I've seen people claim a life mission in their seventies. You know, it's just like, it's never really too late to say, I'm going to make the next few chapters of my life, or I'm going to make my life about this from now on. That's the way I want to live my life. I want to be that inspired and that aligned. Um, so I'm glad you said something about that because I do, I do sense a big difference between people. Um, you know, you're, you're so connected to your mission and it's clear in how you speak. Um, and I just, Oh, and the, the last thing is you, you said you're, you, I think you said, right. That you're, you're, you need to do a whole bunch of these hand analysis, but, and you don't have to be in person, right? People could participate and say, Hey, they could contact you and say, oh, can you do a hand analysis on me? And they could send you pictures of the hands and that would do the trick. Or does, does it make a big difference mm-hmm. to be in person? What's, what's the protocol on that? Oh, we can absolutely, uh, you know, just, just do it via, you know, some sort of technology. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not an in-person thing. Um, okay you know, be it a phone or your laptop, as long as you can send me photos, um, then we're good to go. I'm needing about 10 sets of hands mm-hmm. to really start getting this underway. Uh, and the, it'll be free. Um, and you, you know, I'll, I'll say the first 10 people who reach out, yep. um, I'm happy to do it for free. Eventually the hand analysis is around $250. So, mm-hmm. you know, $250 is, uh, is in, in funny enough, it's, it's cheap. It's too cheap to me. Um, yep. but that's because I feel like something of quality is never expensive. And I think that knowing yourself is priceless. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm happy to do um, 10, 10 free hand readings for sure. Beautiful. And um, yeah, just keeping in mind, it's not a palm reading, right? Yep. Uh, this, this is your nervous system. This is the psychology and the purpose of your soul. And so I'm not going to be able to tell you, you know, how many kids you're going to have. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeanette, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we'll get your your email and all that where they can contact you. I'll do that. And put that in my outro, but thank you so much for coming on base camp for men and sharing your, your wisdom and your insight. It's always great to talk to you both on the air and off the air and just keep, again, thank you for everything that you do for humanity. Keep up the great work. People like you are so um, essential right now. It's like, talk about uh, a perfect storm. Like here's this population that's awakening and maybe awakening to some of their potential and some of their life purpose or lack of life purpose and looking for, resources and here you are with everything that you know and all everything that you bring and i just i just it makes me really happy to to know that there's people like you that really care and that are um assisting people in their hero's journey whatever that may be so thanks again for coming on really appreciate it. and come back again sometime and talk to us thank you so much it was such a pleasure and an honor I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Dr. D, as she is affectionately known as. To participate in her hand analysis work, reach out to her and let her know at drdeniels at gmail.com. That's spelled D-R-D-A-N-E-A-L-S at gmail.com. I'm, for one, I'm going to be grabbing a spot as it sounds really insightful and interesting to me. And she sent me an email in the 11th hour mentioning that we got a little bit sidetracked and she didn't give listeners specific recommendations for detoxing from the jab. So here's 10 recommendations from Dr. D 
on uh, detoxing. So number one, vitamin C in liposomal form. Number two, buffered vitamin C. Number three, NAC. Number four, nebulizer hydrogen peroxide. That sounds interesting. Number five, vitamin D3. Number six, zinc. Number seven, sweat, as in sauna or working out, et cetera, et cetera. Number eight, a good sleep. And number nine, hugs, dance, and laugh. And number 10, they offer at the Tummy Temple here, which is an oasis of health and wisdom here in Seattle. And that's where you can do sessions with Dr. D. They offer a IV detox supreme for people that are suffering from side effects from the vaccine. So I thought that was really interesting. For those in other areas other than Seattle, a simple Google search of naturopathic doctors in your area will give you a short list of people that can assist you in optimizing your health, no matter what your choice has been on the big pharma shots. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.